and I've, I've talked to a lot of artists about this, that every five or six years, you get that, okay, I have to do something else now. Welcome to the Creative Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt. I'll be your host. This week, we've got Mark Gagne on the podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to sign up for the newsletter and get all the great details of the next podcast. All right, we're here on the Creative Habits Podcast with Mark Gagne, and it's great to have him. He has actually got a new book coming out called Monkey Suit, and that'll be coming out in September. So he's taking some time and uh, going to talk to us about his creative habits. Um, Mark, I'll, I'll let you kind of describe who you are and um, you know wh- what you do. Yeah, great. Um, I'm a children's book author, graphic artist, cartoonist, uh, anything that pretty much keeps the creative juices flowing. I try to keep my hand in. Um, mostly for now, right now, I'm doing the, the kids' books. Um, you know, you mentioned Monkey Suit coming out this fall. That's uh, the latest one. That's my second board book, which is interesting because that's a that's a younger audience than I'm typically I've typically done in the past with the books, which is really interesting to me. Um, it's much more graphics focused than than storyline or 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 illustration kind of a thing. Right now, what made you explore the board books? What what um, kind of you know, yeah, made you want to explore that avenue. What, uh... Well, I, I had done the graphic design books. I did three of those, and I kind of, I kind of felt like that had I had done everything I needed or wanted to do with with design for kids. So I tried. I wanted to do more, just more something different. Uh, you know, I because the the journey for the design books was about five years, and I've I've talked to a lot of artists about this that every five or six years. You get that, okay, I have to do something else now. Like, I have to, I've done the design books, let me do board books. I've never done that. That's still publishing. That's still something creative. I'll try that. Um, and that, that, worked, that worked pretty well. The first board book, Counting on Letters, was actually uh, an offshoot of a poster that I had done years before. So it's always that kind of reinvention of, of previous work almost. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So now Monkey Suit is be uh, is coming out in September, which is pretty exciting. This is your latest yep. release. And is it going to be on time? You got it, everything squared away, right? It's actually a month early. It was going to be October. Um, and they just contacted me uh, a few weeks ago. They were like, do you mind if we put it out early? I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds great. Nice. Um, so it's always it's really interesting to – when when a book is released there's that big there's a big push there's that you know you're online pushing it everywhere for about a month and then the world kind of moves on to the next big thing so it's 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 it's, there's such a small window of opportunity for a new release and if it if it doesn't hit or it doesn't work people people move on people like even the publisher is like okay well that was good now what? Now what are you going to do? You know. Right. And how do you answer them? Like, what? What's your next venture? What? What are you uh, looking at next? I'm always. I've always got four or five ideas going on at the same time, and it's always a, a jumping back and forth to, to what's working that day, kind of a thing. If, if there's nothing that's a deadline, then I can jump, and that's part of my process is to jump from project, different projects all simultaneously, almost. Um, right now, I actually just finished a Kickstarter 
that will launch in a few days as well called Minimal Trek. And that is a series of, I did the complete original series of Star Trek, the 79 episodes. I did them all as the minimal posters. Right. Um, and I've been doing, I've been doing the minimal artwork since about 1993. So it got, it kind of like the, the kind of trend kind of like blew up in like the early 2000s and then it kind of went away a little bit, but I've, I've just always done that. This just always been my style to be really simplistic and minimal in, in the artwork. Um, and that, that'll launch soon. Uh, but I enjoyed that so much. I'm going to keep doing that. I think that might be my next few years of uh, projects. So you like working with Kickstarter. Can you, is that something like, how did you start doing that? Did you have other artist friends that, that turned you on to that? Or was it um, something that you just stumbled upon? Or how, how did that whole process work for, for you as an artist to go on to Kickstarter and kind of put yourself out there that way? Is You know, that's a lot of vulnerability. But, but anyway, go. Uh, right, right. Uh, yeah, Kickstarter's been around... I even forget, like, I think my first project was 2011, I think 2012 maybe, and uh, I forget how I learned about Kickstarter. It was just it was just one of those, I must have read a news story or an article online about it, and it seemed real. I've been doing comic conventions for a long time, since about 2000, and that is similar, except it's in person. So when you're at a show and you've got your work on a table and you're meeting and greeting people and you're, you're talking to fans and you're talking to the public and you're, you're talking about your artwork, it's very similar actually to what you need to do on a Kickstarter project. It's very much like you have to explain what you're doing and you have to, you're asking somebody to invest in you. They're either by buying your artwork or supporting your project or, or, or just supporting you as an artist. Um, it seemed so. It seemed like a really natural progression to to go to Kickstarter and kind of do an an almost online convention table. Huh. Like, hey, this is my new project, you know. And it's less my my feeling on Kickstarter is I really want to provide something that somebody wants, you know. Like I'm not asking. I don't, I never ask somebody just to support for support's sake. Like I want to provide them with something. Yeah, and definitely. That's, that's really what Kickstarter shines at is right if you support then i'll send you one of the posters after it's printed or a postcard or something like that um and i've done since 2012 let's say i've done this is my ninth kickstarter mm-hmm. um, ninth kickstarter so you've yeah. got this you got this pattern yeah. down pretty well then uh, by the ninth one you know or, you, you must right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and of the nine this is actually my tenth i've had i've done nine and of those, seven have been successful. Okay. So I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. Which the really, the really interesting, my very first one was massively unsuccessful. Well, you know, <laughs> the first of anything, right? You just, right. Yeah. You know, it just, it just completely overshot what I, what I expected that I could do. So, you know, you scale back and you, and you go, okay, what's it, what's a little bit more than what I think is achievable, you know? So right. you go for that. Um, so do you start, I mean, do you uh, pitch them with some older work and then say, well, this is my vision for the upcoming, um, you know, work I want to do. And, and, you know, this is what I could send you and something like that. Uh, for Kickstarter or yeah, for, for Kickstarter, for yeah. Kickstarter, mostly I just, it's, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I almost want to say it's 
whatever's done at the time when I want to do a Kickstarter. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay. Um, it's like, like, I'll be working on a project for a long time. And then at a, at a certain point, you can see the project turns from this is something I'm working on in my spare time to this is a project I can finish in a certain amount of time. Right. And, that, and that's when it kind of, okay, this will be the next Kickstarter or yeah. this will be the next book or this will be the next poster. Right. Does, does that feed your inspiration or do you find a bit of pressure that is like not really sometimes doesn't feel as um, artistic? <laughs> you right. know, the, the feeling of like that commerce pressure that most artists battle with. Uh, I, I think being a graphic artist helps with that an awful lot hmm. because that's 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 all that is. That is very much nothing. When you're working for somebody else, and especially in graphic design, you're you're on their timetable. Nothing nothing is you never spend as much time as you would like on a project for someone else. Right. You know you're like oh they're like well this has to go to the printer in a week so I need artwork in two days. You're like okay and then you just do in in your head you do that kind of calculation you're like okay this is as good as I can make it in the next. 14 hours or something like that. So, and I, when I'm doing a, a project for Kickstarter, it's, it's kind of nice because I can, if something's not as good as I would like it to be, I can, I can hold off on it because it's a personal project. Um, what I've been doing since 2000 for the conventions are story posters, which are silent narrative posters. Those have many panels. And when you're talking about motivation to, to complete a project, it's really interesting when I'm working in panels because I actually keep a countdown of how many panels I have left to do. Huh. So you can you so every day you can see that number go Good down. Man, right. Once once it gets to less than half, it becomes very motivating to to finish. Yeah, I would think so. You know, having that. Do you have other pieces like that that you you know, in t- terms of your creative process and your daily habits um, to keep you kind of going? Because I know you you were talking earlier about shifting from project to project, which, which can be good because you're like, okay, I, f- I get this feeling that I want to go this direction. But on the other hand, you know, that feeling part can kind of lead you, you know, uh, so how, how do you I, balance yeah, that? I, I have a lot of projects that I haven't touched in a year. You know, and that's that's the downside of jumping from project to project is right. when when it's not working, you're like, okay, I'm just gonna set that aside. And sometimes sometimes you never go back to it if it's if it's a personal project. Right. Um, I do a lot of brainstorming on my own. I do a lot of doodling. Um, if if there's nothing that's urgent and there's nothing that needs my attention. I, and, and, and I do my doodling actually in Illustrator because I, I, I'm simple. My artwork is simple enough and I can work fast enough. I can, I can draw in Illustrator almost as fast as I can doodle on a, on a pen and paper. So wow. I just point, point, and I don't even use a mouse. It's all like trackpad, point and click. Right, right. You know, two finger stuff. Um, so it's, I kind of, I jump around a lot. You know, I almost want to say I don't really have a lot of downtime. Like there, yeah. d- there never seems to be a lot of. Oh, I don't have anything to do. 
Right. Like there's, and that's one of those, if there's projects going on, it's, oh, well, this isn't working. Let me work on this. Okay. That's, that's done. Okay. Let me go work on this. And you've got that graphics artist in the back of your mind that keeps you shipping. Yeah. uh, Yeah. On a regular basis. Definitely very much. Yeah. Nice. There's always that. (laughs) There's, I I used to work uh, as a graphic artist for Vermont Teddy Bear. Right. Um, And they were, the deadlines on at Teddy Bear is an amazing place to work, but they were super tight deadlines. Right. And I really credit them a lot with with instilling that kind of mentality in me of always be working, always be doing something, even if it's not something you're getting paid for, even if it's not something immediate that you know what you're going to use it for. Right. Like the, the, the Star Trek set, that's 79 images. I didn't know that was going to be a Kickstarter. I just, that was just something I wanted to do. So 30 images into it. Okay. This, I think this is going to be finished. I think I can do something with this when it's done. Right. So I'm just always, I'm just trying, I'm just doing stuff constantly. And that kind of feeds on itself as well. And that's just natural. You don't have to, um, you know, create an artificial structure for yourself um, during the day or week or whatever. It's just naturally there. I mean, there's always times when you're not feeling as creative right. as other times. Um, and I, I've learned to, to roll with that. I've learned to like, okay, I'm not feeling it for the next two hours. I'm going to go watch a movie. Right. <laughs> you know, like, let me, let me see what it feels like. And you can't do that if it's a, a client and a deadline. You have to kind of work through it. But uh, for the most part, the, the, those are few and far between. I'll... Yeah. I'll I'll work when, when the feeling hits. Yeah. So how do you balance your? Because you've you've also you're also on Etsy. Yes. And yeah. and you've got the Kickstarter going. So how how is Etsy working out for you? And and how do you balance that with your Kickstarter? And how does that? Yeah, Etsy is interesting. I'm really, I really like how they operate their websites, and it's super easy to put product on. Um, Discoverability is a little limited, uh, so that's interesting, and, and it's not quite as customizable as, as a lot of sites. But the ease of I can throw a prod, uh, an image up for a poster or something in two minutes and have a new product on the site. Um, it's, Etsy's almost self-running uh, when once you get stuff on there. Um, you know, as long as I, I ship and, and print and ship everything myself. So, you know, but I'm not selling enough on Etsy to, to where it's, it's not an everyday project right. to, to, to moderate that. So, so have you, have you thought about something like, sh- uh, Shopify or because thought, of the social integration yeah. and the whole, like, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I always go back and forth between this. This when I started doing books and graphic design, none of this kind of internet existed. (laughs) So I'm still somewhat in the mindset of a traditional. I have an you know I have an agent, I have a publisher, and I and I I want them to. I don't want to step on toes because there are things that they're responsible for, and. So it's interesting. I try to separate the projects that I'm doing in a tr- more traditional way to the projects that I'm doing with Kickstarter and Etsy. 
that almost seems like new media material right you know and then and then the books because they're they're through a publisher and it's they go into stores and it's traditional i don't know why that i have that disconnect to that but i almost see that as I don't, I don't have the right word for it. But. Right, it's too different. Like yeah. you feel like it's their responsibility, or or you don't feel like you should push too much that way because you don't want to get in. Right, yeah. right. That, I, I that makes sense. It, but I want to promote it in the sense of I'm promoting what they published. You yeah. know what I mean? Like even though it's my work and I'm I'm really proud of it all, it's it just it still seems and maybe because what I end up doing for Kickstarter and Etsy, I'm printing myself. Like I, it's, I'm like I'm the one person doing it for those endeavors. Right. Whereas it's more of a team with the books. Whereas I write and illustrate, but then I kind of hand it off. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because the uh, the few conceptions I've had, you know, not not having an agent or anything, but few conceptions I've had is that they they want you to like they're like go promote your own stuff almost, right, you right. know, but. I, do you uh, so it's interesting to hear the perspective of like well there is and it isn't because you're working right. with them and yeah and it's interesting and this is a little a little maybe inside baseball but you know I'll make 10% off of off of a book right you know and if the book's $10 I make a dollar off of that but if I sell a poster for 20 or 25 then you make more a, a, a lot more. majority of that yeah. is is going to me. So, what about Amazon? I mean, have you? I haven't looked into Amazon uh, so much. I've done a few. I also did. <laughs> I also did a web comic called Mister Oblivious. Ah, uh, yes, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. That's I did, funny. That, did that for about five years and came right. up with about two hundred comics. And uh, so I did those. I tried that on the what's the Amazon Create Space? Okay, their their self publishing yeah. arm. Um, and I tried it on that, and it was it was all right. I sold a few books, but it wasn't it wasn't enough of a success to to devote too much, too much effort to effort yeah. to it. So I'm I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty quick to to jump ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If something doesn't work, you move on. Yeah. Right. And that's why you know Kickstarter's working really. Probably of everything I'm doing right now, Kickstarter's the one that's working the best. Huh. Um, second to Etsy, and then. Etsy is second, um, and then book publishing is actually well. Book publishing and, and Kickstarter is maybe the same, but yeah. Um, Amazon, for for whatever reason, have not had a lot of luck with with, with Amazon. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's something I need to examine. And, and it, it's always changing, so it yeah. might be something you you know try again and again, depending on you know where you're at and what you're doing. But yeah, I've seen some people do some pretty, especially children's books. Yes. Uh, just astronomical the amount of you know children's books yep. that are out there and the possibility and that's one of the things that's kind of a I think this is kind of the the fight between traditional and, and new media is because I have an agent and publishers I have contracts to where I can't do children's books on my own right like I, I have to go through certain yeah. publishers you know uh, so I can't go to Kickstarter I would love to go to Kickstarter with a kid's book yeah I can't. Right. You know, so, yeah, that's like, uh, so that's why that's re- and that's really why I started doing posters on Kickstarter. Right. Because like, you I, knew I, you could see it. Yeah. Huh. Even though they're narrative, they're not books. 
So what about your roots? So it's interesting that you've you've been doing this enough time to see the two different worlds yeah. kind of come together and meld and be at battle and whatnot. Yeah. And um, but your your beginning like journey, uh, you know, what what galvanized you to just say, you know, what this is what I am gonna do. like. What was the thing that made you call? Like the, the I call remember, to yeah. I remember watching a news. It might have even been a sixty minutes news story when I was a kid. Yeah, when there were backward, there were only three channels, and that's all you had to watch. <laughs> um, and it was a story about Charles Schultz, and it was. I was fascinated that that was a job, like that was really somebody can just sit around and draw cartoons all day, and people pay them, and so. That was the first, and I remember, remember it very clearly, but that was the first time where I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. Like, that's, that's, my, that's my job right there. Um, I happen to have more of a, more of a skill in, in the, the graphic design aspect of it, more so than the cartooning aspect. So the journey kind of went that way yeah. around college. Um, but I've always, that was always the, something artistic, something creative was always the, the game plan. You right, know, right. that was, I remember the, my kindergarten teacher actually called my parents because I was drawing, I was copying comics, probably peanuts, out of the Sunday paper and selling them to other <laughs> kids in the class. And they were like, the teacher was like, yeah, that, that. No good. We can't do that. <laughs> I was like, what? That's funny. I was getting like twenty cents. Like forget the lemonade stand, right? That's yeah. that's great. <laughs> I'd go home with a handful of change. I'm yeah, like, right. Awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. So, so what what advice would you give your kid self? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, boy, do it sooner. Huh. I think go. Go, prof- go professional sounds a little weird, but put your work out there sooner. And that's one of the great, amazing things. I can't imagine growing up wanting to be a cartoonist now because, one, you're putting all, like, you put all, kids are putting all of their work online. And you're, you're not, like, I'm, I don't really think I was a good graphic artist or a good artist until five years after I was done college. And that was about eight years ago. You know, um, that's, that's when I really started to think. I'd been doing it 15 years, and I was like, okay, I might know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> this, I, I know certain things, and I think I'm doing okay. Um, but if I was putting everything... So we'll go back to your, to your first question. Um, I would tell I would tell myself as a kid to to just start doing work sooner. Like I didn't do anything professionally until after, well after college. Um, you know, just throw you know, start designing stuff and offering to do it. You know, just do do work. You don't get better until you you do it, and even you don't get better until you get criticized. So well, and it would have put. I I, I see what you're saying because it you would have it would have forced you to really step up your game sooner. Yes, 
and yeah. you feel like you would have gotten to that place of like yes. mastery sooner. And especially, especially, and then everything I kind of is it's through the graphic design prism, but especially in design when you're working for someone else and you're working that it's it's not precious. Everything you do when you do for yourself, especially when you're a kid or a teenager, is precious. Like, this is the best drawing I've ever done, and everyone loves it. You're like, okay, well, it's not. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it's, it, maybe it's good, but, you know, if you're working when – you're, when I got the job at Teddy Bear and I started doing work for somebody else, and you, you, you have to develop that thick skin and you have to develop that objectivity of looking at something through someone else's eyes. You're like, and it was a little bit of the motivation to do the design books because I would be sitting in a meeting at Teddy Bear and somebody would go, well, why is that blue? And I would be like, okay, wait a minute. Let me, I know I had a reason, but it was so self-evident at the time, it wasn't really examined. So I was like, okay, well, it's blue because, and then I would have to think about what I was thinking at the time I decided to make it blue. Right. So it was like, okay, it's blue because it's a background and I want it to not overpower this other thing that's in the, you know, and I really had to explain graphic design and, or learn how to explain graphic design to people that had no concept of design. And it's not anything negative against them, but it's, you know, you're talking to financial people. No, you're in the meetings. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you uh, being in those. My, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And that, and I was there six years, and that really developed, developed my sense of, is this good? Right. Is this, yeah, or is this competent, let me say. Now, fast forward to now, so, where do you get that feedback for your work? Do you get feedback from the Kickstarter people? Do you get feedback from your audience? What's that loop that gets you, you know, keeps that edge sharp, so to speak? Yeah, I have a group of friends locally. Um, and there, a couple of them are artist friends and, and some are just creative types and actors and, and things like that. Um, and our, our one uh, standby is we'll get together and we'll show everybody what we're doing. But we have to be, we just have to be honest. We have to say, okay, you know what? I, I don't actually like that. Like it may, it may be good and it may be, want, it may be what you want to do, but it, it doesn't appeal to me. Right, um, and I'm I'm more than happy to get that kind of feedback from them. Um, so it's like a mastermind group of artists. It is. And, it's and, a really it's a really tight knit little. Nice. I think there's only like four or five of us. Right, um, and not counting my brother. My brother's actually a graphic artist too, um, and he's two years older, and he he lives uh, down in Georgia, so he's he's working as a art director down there. Um, so and we'll do the we we go back and forth all the time on projects so. and brutal honestly like yeah, no, yeah like you have to you have to say <laughs> yeah. okay i'm gonna be brutal on this and you uh, that's not, not gonna, gonna work at all buddy yeah you're not gonna yeah. come back and be like i don't like it you know you just take it <laughs> that's interesting huh now if you didn't do that's pretty critical uh yeah. to get that feedback if you didn't have that mastermind group let's say or or let's say you were someone starting out what advice would you give on getting that feedback on starting that experience? Show your work to people you don't know. 
That's that's the because your parents are gonna like it, your best friends are gonna like it. Show it to maybe you someone you don't know or somebody you don't know that well or or a teacher or you know in yes I mean everyone's gonna put it you can put it online but don't take criticism personally you know everyone especially you know they're just gonna be the people that hate everything so <laughs> you have to you have to kind of learn to to notice the don't trust the people that like everything and don't trust the people that hate everything right find that middle ground of and and the more you design the more you'll learn what you like as a artist and as a designer um, and I have you can look through most of my stuff I have a real specific sense of style and and layout you know and not in that that I don't want to develop that but what where I'm at right now is a culmination of where I've grown to you know what I mean right and do you do you, how do you um because there is that style and you do want that style but how do you I don't want to say break out of it but right. challenge that um so that you you know like the guitarist has a certain riff and they yeah. you know so how do you challenge that and and see it from a whole different angle limitations hmm. um self-imposed limitations it's like okay I'm gonna do this but for this project, I'm only going to do black and white. Or for this project, I'm only going to do really tiny art. Or for this project, I'm only, you know, in limitations will stretch your creativity far more than unlimited resources. Hmm. It will, and that's, and again, going back to the graphic designer thing, um, you never have an unlimited budget. You never have, you know, you never have, we can do anything we want. They're like, nope, this has to be one color or this has to be a postcard and not a poster. Or so it's, you just do, tell yourself that you only have, like I'll have some of the posters. The posters are really great for that kind of a thing. And it's a little bit of a short attention span theater because every poster is a different idea. And maybe it takes me a few weeks to a month to do one. Um, but then once that's done, I move on to the next concept. So, uh, you know, at a certain point I got into alphabets and I was like, okay, I'm going to do some series of alphabets. And the, the, the limitations I imposed on that were it's all, they're going to be black and white and they're going to be, each design is going to be that number's place in that, no, that number of letters place in the alphabet. So it was 1A, 2Bs, 3Cs, and I'm going to make a design with each of those things. That eventually became the Counting on Letters book. You know, and that, but then that just didn't start out that way. It was, okay, let me design letters. Right. And that's, and it just, two or three iterations later, it was something else. Nice. nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. Well, this is, this has been great. I, I, uh, it's, you know a lot a lot of good stuff there especially um you know keeping uh things sharp what uh what kind of recommendations would you you know uh give uh, you know people uh starting out and and uh, you know just general yeah you know? um it's interesting because start if i was starting out now instead of 12 15 years ago i don't know that i would go the traditional route i don't know that i would have done and 
it, I mean, I love my agent. She's been, you know, hugely motivational and, and, and effective. Um, but it's a different, it's a different industry now. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think doing it now, I think I'd want to do it more on my own now. Yeah. Um, expanding Kickstarter and Etsy and yeah, because it's almost, it's almost flipped now. I started traditionally and then I moved to Kickstarter and then online and the process now is almost you do it online and prove yourself. Right. Then the publishers. And you actually bring an audience with you yeah, that they right. work with, right? Yep, very much. Huh. Nice. Um, and it's, my, my only advice is just design. If you're an artist, draw. If you're a designer, design. I mean, it's, it's such a cliche, but it really is. You're not going to read, even though I, even though I wrote books about design, you're not going to learn how to design from a book. You'll get guidelines and you'll get the basics, which is what I tried to do. But you're not going to learn what you like unless you do it. Just ship it. Just ship it. Just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark. That's that's good. So uh, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for being on the show. If people want to see your work, uh, where can they uh, find you? Yep, I'm I'm all over. I, I my main site is markgagne.com. Um, I'm also and pretty much pretty much that's probably the best way to and that's Mark and then G O N Y E A dot com. Markgagne.com. Okay. And then you know, and I'm on Twitter and you'll find links there to, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Tumblr, I'm on Nice. Uh, what nine other sites. <laughs> right, right. Everything. Yeah. Good. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show, Mark. All right. Thank you very much for asking. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Creative Habits Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and give us a review on iTunes. See you next time.